Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, hello, Rockbrook. And I love you guys, whether you're here with us today or uh, you're watching online. I'm so excited to be be here with you. Uh, you know, you guys look pretty good. Last night, the crew looked a little scruffy after serve day, <laughs> and, uh, but you guys look like you got a little sleep, got a shower, all dressed up. You're here at church, and uh, so we pray. You folks at home, who knows what you look like, but uh, <laughs> we're, uh, whatever you look like, I want you to take out your message notes. We're going to jump in. We're doing a sermon series called Rethinking Your Life. Uh, you may have heard about this guy. It was a Friday night. He'd just gotten paid, so his pockets were full of money, but he had nowhere to go. He had nothing to do. He had nobody to do nothing with, and he figured he'd just head on home. And then he saw a flyer attached to a telephone pole, and it said, Midnight Harbor Cruise. Music, dancing, all you can eat, all you can drink, 50 bucks. Departs from Dock Sea, midnight, sharp. And he thought, man, I cannot pass up a deal like that. And so he headed down to Doxy at midnight. But when he got down there, there was no boat. There was nobody there. And he thought, well, I must have missed it. And so he turned to go home and, bonk, he got hit on the back of the head, knocked him out cold. Next morning, he woke up alone in a dinghy floating about 100 yards offshore. His pockets were empty. His money was gone. He had a big lump on the back of his head. He sat up in the boat and looked, and about 20 yards away was another dinghy with a guy sitting in it. And so he called out to the guy. He said, hey, they serve breakfast on this cruise? <laughs> and the other guy yelled back, they didn't last time. <laughs> Does that sound like you? You keep making the same mistakes over and over, keep falling for the same old tricks. Same old lies. You think, why, why do I keep doing this? Why, why can't I change my behavior? Well, life change doesn't begin with behavior. It starts, if you start with your behavior, you're bound to fail. Because to change your life, you have to change the way you think. And that's why we're doing this series called Rethinking Your Life. Because we want you to learn how to think with the mind of Christ. Because when you think with the mind of Christ, then you can live and act like Christ. But it starts in your mind. You know, what you put in your mind is what you're going to get out in life. It's, it's like the old computer saying, garbage in, garbage out. Well, that's true. It's also true, Jesus in, Jesus out. You know, the old way of thinking, those old lies, uh, you know, I've tried, I can't control my anger, I, I can't control my lust, I'm never going to get free from my addiction, I'm never going to be free from that hurt. Or you may even think my life is meaningless, it, it doesn't matter, I'm, I'm not going to make any difference anyway, so I just give up. God calls you to something higher than that. God offers you something higher than that. And it's time for us to wake up and become the people that God calls us to be. Romans 13, verse 11 says this, And do this, understanding the present time. And that phrase, the present time there, in the Greek it's referring to what's known as a kairos moment. 
And a kairos moment is a moment in time. It's a moment in your life that must be seized in order to accomplish its purpose. It's not just the passing of time day after day after day after day. No, this is a moment. This is a moment that has to be seized. Paul says, and do this, understanding this moment. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy, but rather, and don't miss this, notice here, this is a, this is a seismic shift. This, this is a crucial shift. But rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and don't even think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. He's saying if, if you've got to rethink your view of yourself. You've got to put on Christ. You put on the mind of Christ. You've got to get rid of the garbage that's in your mind. This is a recurring theme in, uh, for the Apostle Paul. It's a recurring theme in the Bible. Uh, Ephesians 4.23, he says, Be made new in the attitude of your minds. You know, if you want to become a new and different person, if you want freedom and hope and vision in your life, it begins with the way you think. Romans 12.2, Paul says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you want to know what the will of God is in your life, then you've got to learn to think like God. You've got to think like Jesus. You've got to renew your mind. Stop conforming to the pattern of the world and transform your life by changing the way you think. Now, it's important to understand the difference between conforming and transforming. Uh, to conform means to fit into a mold, to make or become the same, to behave in a conventional way by accepting without question the customs, traditions, and prevailing opinions of others. I love how the message paraphrase puts it. It says, don't let the world press you into its mold. Don't let the world press you into its mold. Yet how many times do we fit into the mold of the world like Plato? But as followers of Christ, we belong to a different kingdom. We have pledged our allegiance to a different king. We live under a different set of values than the world does. And just because something has become socially acceptable doesn't make it right. Just because something is legal doesn't make it acceptable to God. God wants us to live under a different set of values. God says don't conform to the ways of the world. Be transformed. Now, to transform means to change the nature, the character, or personality of something. You know, conforming is about changing the external appearance. Transforming is about changing the internal character of something. Conforming has to do with, with behavior, fitting into a mold. Transforming has to do with character, renewing your mind. If you want to be like Christ, then think like Christ. So how does that transformation actually happen? Well, a couple more words. One is the word repent. 
We, we need to repent. And to repent means to change the way you think, to change your mind. Too often we think re repent means stop doing that. You need to stop doing that. No, that, 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 that's about behavior. But when you repent, you don't just change your behavior, you change the way you think. And that's what changes your behavior. But it starts in the mind, repentance. And we need to understand what it means to confess. A confess literally means to say the same thing. Uh, in, in its biblical sense, to confess is to agree with what God says about something. Not arguing with God, but agreeing with God. And we, we often think confession is about confessing your sins. There's so much more to confession than just confessing your sins. Now, confessing my sins is important because it's part of forgiveness. You know, the Bible says that when I confess, uh, God forgives. So confessing my sins is important. But if I just stop there, if confession is just me saying, God, I'm sorry, promise I won't do it again, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change in me. Because how often have you confessed the same sin over and over to God? God, I'm sorry, I did it again. God, I admit it, I did it again. God, I'm in the dinghy with a lump on the back of my head again. Okay? Have you noticed we're not very creative when it comes to sin? You know, we all have three, four, five things that trip us up over and over again. We're not original or, or inventive when it comes to sin. And confessing your sins brings forgiveness, but it doesn't change how you live. There, there's another kind of confession that changes how you live. It's not just confessing your sins, it's confessing your faith. Confessing your faith. Uh, write this down. When I say what God says, I begin to think like God thinks. I want you to read that, that statement out loud with me. When I say what God says, I begin to think like God thinks. When I say what God says about life, then I begin to think like God thinks about life, and that changes the way I live. When I say what God says about relationships, then I begin to think like God thinks about relationships. That changes how I relate to people. When I say what God says about values, about money, then I begin to think like God thinks about those things, and it changes how I handle them. When I say what God says about me, then I begin to think the way God thinks about me. And that, that's the key to a changed life. You're not just saying what God said about what you did, you're saying what God says about who you are in Christ. You are confessing, you are agreeing with God about who you are in Christ. That's why we got to be people of the Word. Because that's how we know what God says. That's how we know what God thinks. And if we're people of the Word, then we can think the way God thinks about us. If I'm going to say, I'm a new creation in Christ, well, how do I know that? I know it because I have His Word on it. My sins are forgiven. How do I know? Because I have His Word on it. 
God's not ashamed of me. I have his word on it. The Son has set me free. I have his word on it. I can do all things through Christ. I have his word on it. My God will meet all my needs. I have his word on it. There is purpose for my life. I have his word on it. God will never forsake me. I have his word on it. If we spent more time confessing our faith, we would spend a lot less time confessing our sins. Why? Because when you say what God says about you, you begin to think the way God thinks about you and your actions begin to change. That's the secret to being made new in the attitude of your mind. You confess your faith. Right before Paul wrote that verse in, in Ephesians 4.32, he, he wrote a, an a exhaustive list of things that we need to guard our hearts against. Things like anger, bitterness, slander, lying, stealing, hatred, lust. And he gets to the end of that list and he doesn't just say, don't do these things. No. He says, be made new in the attitude of your minds. And, the, and those three words, be made new, it's actually one Greek word that means to renovate. If there's going to be any positive change in my life, then there has to be a renovation in my mind. And if you've ever renovated anything uh, in your home, you know that renovation is not a one-time instantaneous event. It's a process. It's a project. It's inconvenient. It causes a disturbance. It makes a mess. Unexpected things come up. It's painful. It's costly. But the end result is good. Otherwise, nobody would ever do it. But people do it all the time because the end result is good. And the renovation of your mind is no different. It's a disturbing process that takes work. It's messy. It can cost you something. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Now, when you're renovating your home, where do you start? Well, you start with demolition. You've got to rip out the old stuff before you bring in the new stuff. It's out with the old before in with the new. Same thing with your mind. Renovation begins with demolition. Every day, you process about 80,000 thoughts. Every day. That's 3,000 thoughts an hour. And over time, those thoughts begin to form patterns and pathways in your mind. Because you have, hot, you, you have thoughts that you habitually think, that you habitually think about yourself, that you habitually think about God, that you habitually think about how God thinks about you. And before you can experience any real change or renewal, some of those old thought patterns, those pathways, they need to be redirected. Some of them need to be disconnected, even demolished, so you can reconnect new thought patterns. You know, every one of us needs to ask, what are the old lies that I need to demolish so I can replace it with the renovating truth from God's Word? What are the lies that I need to get out of my head? You know, what, what's the remorse that I have uh, about what I've done wrong? What's the regrets that I have about what I didn't do right? If you're loading your mind up with remorse and regret, then, then you've just hung a label around your neck that says failure. And, and you believe God sees you as a failure. 
But you have real needs in your life. You have things that really need to be changed. And maybe for decades you've been praying, God, please change this in me. I change this area of my life. And nothing's changing. And so you conclude that God doesn't care about that. Maybe you've concluded God doesn't care about me. And maybe it's gone so far that, that you're thinking, I don't have a purpose. I'm worthless. My life doesn't matter. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. I'm a failure. I'm a fraud. I'm not good enough. Do you have any of those not good enough statements that just play over and over in your mind? I'm not strong enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. You're creating pathways in your brain that are based on lies. Parents can fall into this trap. You can fall into the trap of, I'm not a good enough mom. I'm not a good enough dad. And if those types of thoughts are, are running through your mind over and over and over, God has a very specific message for you right now. God says, enough. Enough of that. Because every time you say, I'm not enough, there's a word for that. It's the word shame. And Jesus Christ is not the author of shame. Satan is the author of shame. But Jesus Christ is the author of forgiveness and grace and freedom and hope and peace and joy. And so that old script, that old tape that's been playing over and over in your mind that you're not enough, God's written a whole new story for you. And that's the one he wants you to live out. How? You've got to come to understand the truth about yourself, the truth about God. Jesus said, when you know the truth, it will set you free. Look at Psalm 107, verse 10. It's in your notes. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he's done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze. He cut apart their bars of iron. The bars to their cells, cut apart. Prison gates, they've been knocked down. Chains that held them, they've been snapped. You have been set free from those old lies. Jesus Christ has freed you from those old lies that you believe about yourself. He wants to replace it with new truth. Romans 8.1, let's read this out loud together. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. I think those are two of the most beautiful words in the Bible. No condemnation. This renovation that God wants to do in my mind, in your mind, it is a safe space to step into. You don't have to worry if He's going to accept you or love you. You don't have to worry if He's going to shame you. You don't have to worry that He's going to spring a trap on you. No, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. And I want you to notice it says a new life has begun. doesn't say it's completed, doesn't say that it's perfect. No, it's a new beginning. That's what Christ offers us. 
And the truth of Christ offering us a new life, it's so significant that Jesus asked every single one of us to put this truth on display. Do you know how you put that on display? Through baptism. Baptism. We're baptizing this, this weekend. Baptism is a picture of life change. Not a picture of perfection. It's a picture that a new life has begun. And it's something that Jesus asks us to do. He commands us to do it. He says, follow me, trust me, put your faith in me, and then let everybody know you've done that by getting baptized. Baptism is a picture that the old is gone, the new has come. In baptism, you are buried with Christ and raised to walk in newness of life. And if you've never been baptized, you can do it today. You may have come today not ready, not even thinking about it, and God's laying it on your heart. And you may say, well, I can't do that, I'm not ready. Guess what? We're ready for you. We've got everything you need. T-shirt, shorts, underwear, deodorant, hair gel. You go out of here looking better than you came in. <laughs> New beginning. And, and Jesus Christ, he, he calls each one of us to stand on your own two feet and say, yes, I'm trusting in Jesus Christ. I'm starting a new life. So we'd love to help you out with that. Uh, as soon as the sermon's over, or actually right now, if you want to get up, go out the baptism team, they'll get you the kit, get you squared away. Now, when God renovates your mind, the primary tool that he uses is the power of his word. Now, the word of God is God's power tool. Now, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It's a two-edged sword. The one side is deadly, the other side is life-giving. And the deadly edge of the Word of God puts death to those old lies, that old way of thinking that, that has controlled us. And the life-giving edge performs. It's like open-heart surgery. That, that heals you and restores and gives you a new lease on life. The, the Word of God has power. It can smash through any stronghold. It can break any chain. It can uncover any sin and expose any lie. It changes how you see yourself, how you see God, how you see life. And we need to be made new in the attitude of our minds. And here's how it's done. You confess your faith. You say what God says about you. You let that change the way you think, and you let that change the way you live. You let the truth set you free. And I'm not talking about positive thinking here. I'm talking about biblical thinking, taking God at his word. You believe what God that God is who he says he is. You believe that you are who God says you are, and then you build your life on that truth it's not about good intentions it's not about you promising God God I promise I won't do it God I promise I'll never do it again God I promise no well how's that working out for you okay we're back in the dinghy with a bump on our head listen God is not interested in your promises we we make our promises to God and then we fail and fall and break those promises again and again God doesn't break his promises Write, write this down. God is not asking me to make a promise that I cannot keep. God's not asking me to make a promise I cannot keep. He's asking me to receive a promise 
that only he can keep. So today, on on your notes, I've got a list of 10 things that God says about you. There are hundreds, probably thousands of these in Scripture, but I just want to start with 10. I'm, I'm calling it my faith confessions. And I want us to read these verses out loud. Read them out loud together with conviction. Let's just say what God says about us so we can begin to change the way we think. Let's read these out loud together, and we're going to read the reference with them as well. Let's read it. I believe Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose again from the dead on the third day. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4. I am a new creation in Christ. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. The Son has set me free. I am free indeed. John 8, 36. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 1. God is faithful. He will not let me be tempted beyond what I can bear. 1 Corinthians 10:13. Nothing can ever separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Romans 8:38-39. He is able to do immeasurably more than all I ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within me. Ephesians 3:20. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13 Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 1 John 4.4 God is for me. Who can be against me? Romans 8.31 This is the word of God. This is the word of God. This is what he says about you. So let it become what you say about you. I'd encourage you, just for this week, next couple of weeks, this season, just start every day by confessing these truths. Just put it on the refrigerator, put it on your bathroom mirror. I've taken a picture of it with my phone so I can carry it with me. And then just read it every day, maybe several times a day. You find yourself discouraged or afraid or doubting or, or tempted Just read those things out loud. Read it to yourself. Read it to God. Read it to the devil. You know, let the the words of God renew your mind. And I want to warn you, you start trying to do this, the devil does not want you to be free. And so you start in on this, and he's going to rattle those old broken chains, and he's going to whisper those old lies to you, and he's going to try and haunt and harass you with memories of your past. When the devil tries to remind you of your past, remind him of his future. Fill your mouth with the word of God. That's how Jesus did it. Let let your mouth be full with the confession of your faith. Let your mind be full with the confession of your faith. And let it change the way you live. Let's pray together. You can't redo your past, but Jesus Christ can redeem your past. Christ died on the cross so that all the things you've ever done wrong can be forgiven. And if you confess those sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
And if you begin to confess your faith, you can change the way you think. You can change the way you live. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you come to Christ, he will show you a new way to live. And every person that has ever lived has had to make that same choice. It's a choice between the world and its false gods or Christ. And so which is it for you? Who are you choosing? And it's an urgent decision because putting it off makes the decision harder. Not to decide is to decide not to. Decisions are made whether we make them or not. And time decides if you will not. And time always decides against you. This is a kairos moment. This is a moment to be seized by you. And there is a battle raging in your heart and mind regarding your decision for Christ. And it's a decision that you alone must make. Your parents can't make it for you. Your spouse can't make it for you. Your church can't make it for you. You have to make it yourself. And the decision that you make will determine your eternal destiny. Today, this moment, this day is the day of salvation. Choose Christ. Just tell him that right now. Just say, Jesus Christ, I choose you. I want you to come into my heart and mind, forgive all my sins, cleanse me, make me new, teach me a new way to live that pleases you and blesses me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.